because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. St. Francis of Assisi gets the credit, or the blame, I suppose, for my obsession with nativities, or as some people call them, crushes. St. Francis had a special devotion to the baby Jesus, and he is credited with creating the very first nativity scene in 1223. On Christmas Eve, he recreated the scene of Christ's birth in a cave, and he invited the whole town to come to the celebration. So Francis set up an empty manger, a feeding trough that's made for animals, and he even included a live ox and a live donkey beside the manger, just as it is believed to have happened on that first Christmas night. And through these visual aids, Francis wanted to impress more deeply to the people an understanding of how Christ came into the world in poverty and simplicity. And now, nearly 800 years later, nativity scenes are found almost everywhere, right in the very center of our church there, in our homes, and you can even purchase them online or in craft markets. Now, our family has collected more than 25 different nativity scenes over the years. <laughs> sorry to say. Not sorry, no, I like them. And um, so the first, very first nativity set that I got is this little teeny tiny white one that I know you can't even see in the front row there, but it's teeny and tiny. And um, it was made for me by my dad, who lived in a nursing home for about 25 years, most of my life. And he made this in a ceramics class that he had at his nursing home. 
I know you can't see them now, but you're welcome to come up after the service tonight and take a closer look. And then this one here is from when I went on a trip to Israel and Palestine. And everywhere there in Jerusalem, you can see these olive wood nativity scenes. So I thought, let's keep the tradition going. And I bought one. And then I couldn't stop. I kept buying them everywhere I went. And I love going to different countries, you know, for lots of good reasons. But one of the things that I collect when I travel is nativity scenes. And so I got this one from Puerto Rico. Actually, I have a lot of them from Puerto Rico because I really, really like them. And they're always so bright and colorful and playful and just really delightful. And then this one here was bought for me um, by Julie when she was traveling in Kenya about 15 years ago and got this beautiful um, all-black, gorgeous black, um, wonderful, just celebrating all the deep, dark colors in the southern regions. And then this one here from a trip that I took to South Africa, and I like all the bright colors and um, the light wood, and it's just so playful and fun. So those are just a handful of them. I couldn't bring them all. I'm sure you want to see them all. Uh, you're welcome to come over and take a look. We have them all set up in our home. But uh, I love each one of these sets because they reflect the people and the culture from which they come. And I know that there are people there that are hand carving or hand painting each one and taking great delight in making their nativity scenes look like the people that they live with and that who are their people. It's just so wonderful to do that. And in every single one of the nativity scenes, no matter which one I get, no matter from what country or who makes them, Mary and Joseph are peaceful and holy spectators of a baby in a manger. It's a beautiful, sacred scene. And it's the one that most of us have etched into our memory when we ponder the Christ's birth long ago. Now I love all of my nativities. And I enjoy looking at other people's nativities too. But I worry <clears throat> that we over-sentimentalize Jesus' birth. The scenes seem perfect and peaceful, but God chooses to enter into the messiness of real life. And that offers me more hope than a manger drenched in the warm glow of candlelight. Jesus' birth is more real than most of us know, and it must be, because too often life is more real than we can handle by ourselves. The birth of Jesus is not limited to a historical event in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. Because Bethlehem is more about life than location. And the sweet baby Jesus, asleep on the hay, must give way to a vision of God who is wide awake, present among us, concerned and involved in every aspect of our life. So I invite you now to consider with me a couple of different other modern-day nativity scenes that are a bit different than the one we're used to. Let's start with holiday meals. Holiday meals with family and friends. Some are filled with joy and love and laughter and conversation, and others with tension and tears or an empty space at the table this year. The Holy One is born at the table of relationships. Or consider this one, at a protest downtown demanding increased wages for the poor. Or in the Me Too campaign where people tell their stories of abuse and harassment. Or in letters and phone calls and emails to our government leaders. The Holy Child is born in people who are vulnerable and seeking room at the ends of power. 
And I have no doubt that the Holy Child is born in generosity. Generosity that shared this night in the South Loop when we gave more than 100 gifts that were given to people who are homeless. And generosity goes on through the countless gifts of generosity given to the night ministry, the Lakeview Pantry, and the prisons that our community supports. So you might be asking right now, well, how on earth can these be nativity scenes? There's no Jesus and Mary right in there. How can it be a place of Jesus' birth? These look nothing like the nativities that I described earlier, but you see, that's just the point. We need a larger and more real vision of Jesus' nativity. For if Jesus is not born in these other scenes, then it makes no difference that he was born in Bethlehem. Jesus is born in our darkest, our fears, in the brokenness of this world. Jesus is born in the love that we give and receive, in the intimacy that we share, and in the beauty that we create. I'm sure that each one of us could name the Bethlehems of our own lives, stories of times when we were helpless and life was fragile, times when we were lost and the world seemed to have no room for us, times when our lives and world were dominated by powers other than love or compassion. But I know, too, that we have many stories to tell, stories about love that's stronger than death, Stories of hope that overcame despair, and stories of light that shone in our darkness. And that's why my favorite nativity is this one right here. This one right here was given to me by a friend. It's, um, she, wasn't, she didn't travel to Peru, but she bought this one that is made in Peru. And I love this one. I've loved it since the day I got it. It's always taken a prominent spot right in the center of our house because I love the round bellies. They're just like me. And I love the humble and beautiful faces that are a little bit like quirky and cartoonish and lovely. Now, several years ago, there was a pillow fight in my living room. <laughs> and Mary came crashing to the floor. And I cried, and I was mad. And I also forgave and hugged the little boy who didn't mean to knock down my favorite Mary. So we glued back the pieces together as best that we could, and then we set it down back in its central location. And you know what? I love it even more now. Because I see in these cracked places and glue marks and everything being tried to be put back together, and, and in this gaping hole right here in the center that we can't fix, <laughs> I see the brokenness and vulnerability of our world. And it is to this world that Christ comes and lives among us. The Holy Child of heaven and earth is born today for you. It's an audacious claim, if you think about it, that the birth of a baby born to an unwed teen in the backyard of a barn of a stranger could possibly even matter to anyone. And yet here is the gospel in a nutshell that God regularly shows up where we least expect God to be. And it is always, always for us. Amen. Amen.